Well, howdy, Huda Thunkers. This is the host of the Huda Thunkin' podcast, Zeb, coming at you. Episode 169, titled The Bush Dog. Before we get into the bush dog and that cool species that fascinated me um, last week and I carried over to this week's episode, I want to do the recommendation segment where I recommend you, the Huda Thunker, check something out, whether it's a movie, TV show, book, uh, different experience in life, something that I've either checked out or uh, am planning on checking out, um, experiencing myself. This week, I recommend the show Silo. That's S-I-L-O. It's on Apple TV. I am impressed with the sci-fi chops of Apple TV. They have the show Severance, Silo, Foundation, For All Mankind, Invasion, Sea, and a bunch of other sci-fi titles that I haven't even started watching yet. Um, you may have seen some advertising for some of these. One of the, I'd say the oldest one and the one that got a lot of advertising, the one that had Jason Momoa, it's called C. It's about everyone goes blind. Um, invasion. I haven't started that. I think that's a movie. Um, it's about an alien invasion and how people deal with it. Uh, for all mankind is if the space race never ended and it sends, you know, it, it follows an American, uh, team of astronauts trying to get to mars uh foundation i am currently watching it's based off a book and that spans the whole galaxy it's the most futuristic sci-fi then there's severance which i have i think recommended before which is the whole idea that you go to work and you like sever two different sides of yourself uh the one that goes to work you don't remember you have no memories of work you just go to work and the next thing you remember you're you're leaving work for the day um pretty pretty cool this one though um you know, I love sci-fi, so I'm like a kid in a candy shop when I'm in Apple TV. Um, I do have a link on the blog if, for an article that goes over all the best ones. There's a couple titles I haven't even heard of that are on Apple TV that are um, sci-fi titles. So I thought I'd put an article on there if you want to check it out. But for this recommendation segment, um, I thought I would highlight one in particular, a show that Shannon and I both binged in a week um, called Silo. Yes, this got the Shannon stamp of approval. Uh, season one is out the whole season, so you don't have to stop and wait a week to finish a season. It's all out now, uh, although at the end of season one, you're going to want to see more. Uh, there's seven episodes. It is ongoing. It's average runtime. It's like that 55 minutes, so it's not a 30-minute episode. It is a, you know, they do take a while. Uh, the cast is Rebecca Ferguson, Common, Rashida Jones, Avi or Avi Nash, and Tim Robbins. And a uh, here's the synopsis basically: In a ruined and toxic future, thousands live in a giant silo deep underground. After a sheriff breaks a cardinal rule and re residents die mysteriously, engineer Juliet Rebecca Ferguson starts to uncover shocking secrets and the truth about the silo. The series feels unique because while it has the dystopian setting we expected, it tells its story in a very noir, almost Hitchcockian way. As we follow Juliet, we uncover the truth about the silo, which will have you hooked by the end of episode one. So that's a huge thing, getting hooked. Um, it's it's um, what got Shannon to keep watching it. It can be a bit slow at times, but that is all to build up the suspense of wanting to know what the heck is going on in this dystopian future of the silo. It jumps from past to present. So time-wise, it does jump around, but it does tell you about that. It'll say, here's three years or earlier or whatever. Um, it do and it does that a lot in the beginning, the time jumping. But it has to in order to get you, the audience, hooked, which is a super important part about storytelling. So I'm not, I'm a, 
and I'm a huge Chris Nolan fan and Chris Nolan movies. He jumps all over <laughs> every single movie. None of them are told chronologically. <laughs> There's time to dilation and everything, um, which is okay. But for the most part, I don't like a lot of time, time jumping around. I think the show does a good job of jumping around a little bit um, in the beginning because it shows you the most important stuff, but it doesn't want to show you everything between it. It, it does it well. Rebecca Ferguson, she's the main actor. She does the main character. I, th I love her acting. I think she's very good. Oh, and I, um, I don't get too attached. I should give you a little disclaimer without ruining anything. Don't get too attached to any character at all. People drop off like flies in this one, sort of like Game of Thrones. They just die. And I almost forgot Common, the three-time Grammy Award, Academy Award, Primetime Emmy Award, and Golden Globe Award winner plays a vital role in the series. And I like Common. I like his music. I think he's great. I like his acting. I've seen him in a couple things. Uh, Bloody Aces. He was in a John, I think John Wick 2, maybe 3. Anyway, he was in one of the John Wicks. Um, thought he was great in those. Shannon said his acting sucks. I disagree. I think he's good, especially in this role. I don't think it's his best role. I think he did his best in the John Wick movie he was in. I thought he was great in that. Uh, perhaps I'm biased because I'm such a fan of the guy, but I totally thought he brought what he needed to his character for this show. And I also... I always get chuckled up. I have an old, old coworker. I no longer work with her who um, we were kind of close, talked a lot and she loved common. She had pictures of common all over her cubicle. So yeah, he's, he's cool. And he has quite the fan base anyway. So check it out. Check out silo seven episodes. We did it within, I think like four days. We finished the whole show. Loved it. Now for the main event, not related to the recommendation segment. I'm talking about a species here. <laughs> this week, I wanted to talk about a species of canine that I had never heard of before. I can't remember why I typed it in. Not specifically. I think I saw like a YouTube short or a video that had hyenas in it. And I wanted to know if hyenas were canines, if they were like dogs or not. Hyenas are not, by the way. Um, they're part of their own you know, hyenas are not members of dog or cat families. Instead, they're so unique that they have a family all their own, the hyena day. So like they have their own thing. Hyenas are so different and weird from all other species. But the other day I searched all members of canine family. I typed that into Google, looked for the weirdest one that I could. I was like, oh, this is cool. And I found something weirder than I expected. I found the bush dog, the Spaothus Venaticus. Uh, this thing doesn't even look like a dog at all. I have pictures on the blog. Go ahead and just Google bush dog. They also call it Savannah dog sometime, but bush dog does it. And it does not look like a dog to me. Uh -uh. It looks more like a bear, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Wikipedia is very brief introduction. The bush dog is a canine found in Central and South America. In spite of his extensive range, it is very rare in most areas, except in uh, Suriname, Guiana and Peru. It was first identified by Peter Wilhelm Lund from fossils in Brazilian caves and was believed to be extinct. So that's the first time they ever saw it was fossils, um, but it's not extinct. With its territory spanning two continents, you'd think its population would be higher or that scientists would have a uh, have ample documentation, videos, stuff like that on the bush dog, but it remains rather elusive and has a healthy aversion to human presence. So it's hard to get capture these things we do have some in the in, in zoos across the world but not as much as you'd think why i chose to make this gnarly looking canine species into an episode is how different it looks and how different it acts in total i have some images on the blog of its nose its feet and its tail 
The bush dog doesn't look like any other dog. It has a nose or as you would say a muzzle that resembles the muzzle of a bear. So when you look at it in the face, it kind of looks like a little bear, a little cute bear. And if you saw just its feet, you'd think it belonged to an otter because they have webbed feet. Eh? What are webbed feet usually used for? Swimming. So it does things different. And they have this short and very bushy tail. It almost looks like a gopher's tail. To me, they look sort of like a Tasmanian devil. That's the endangered Sarcophilus harrisi, a carnivorous marsupial of the family uh, Desiridae. They weigh about 20, 30 pounds, a little bit smaller than the bush dog, but they don't look exactly like a Tasmanian devil. Tasmanian devils are smaller. They look a little bit more like, kind of like rodent looking things, maybe more like the ferocious wolverine. Um, no, not Hugh Jackman, the animal Wolverine found primarily in remote reaches of northern boreal forests in subarctic and alpine tundra of the northern hemisphere. The Wolverine, uh, scientific name Gulo Gulo, meaning glutton, weighs about 20 to 55 pounds. It's bigger than the Tasmanian de devil, but the bush dog doesn't look exactly like a Wolverine either. It's like something in between. Um, one of the main things is the Wolverine is kind of the Wolverine and the Tasmanian devil are from completely different families on the animal kingdom chart thing. Um, and I do have a facts about those two, but we're not mainly talking about those. We're talking, trying to talk about the bush dog. I'm just trying to say, I don't know when you look at it, I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a biologist. I don't study animals or anything. I didn't go to school for it, but I love watching documentaries. I've watched tons of documentaries. I'm very interested in animals, even though I don't have any, you know, formal education in it. I can look at something and be like, hmm, that looks more like this species or it looks like more part of this family. And when I saw an image of the bush dog, my whole brain said, there's no way that's a dog. <laughs> so I couldn't believe it. And then why I'm bringing up wolverines and Tasmanian devils is because they look more like those, but those are not at all in the canine family. So what's happening? No, the bush dog belongs to its own thing, kind of like the hyena that I said before. Um, well, the hyena has its own family and the bush dog doesn't, but it's different the way it looks. I think it should be classified differently. Maybe it's just because it evolved in a very different um, environment than other most canine uh, species. So weird. It looks like two animals from completely different families in the animal kingdom. The wolverine is like a big ass weasel. It's, it is the largest weasel, whereas the Tasmanian devil is a marsupial. That's the the sort of like kangaroos, they're young, grow in their pouches. The bush dog belongs to the Canidae family, that's canines, and here's some other facts about it. There's less than 10,000 bush dogs left in the world, that's including in zoos and, and, hab and um, uh, you know, human habitats and stuff like that. They live in neotropical habitats, northern and central South America into Panama, south to southern Brazil, Paraguay, and northeastern Argentina, and west to Bolivia, Peru, and Ecuador. Found in forests and wet savannas, always close to water, always. They're water specialists. Bush dogs den in underground burrows or hollow tree trunks. Encyclopedia Britannica says this about them. Unlike most other members of the dog family, which reproduce once per year, Bush dogs can breed year-round. Up to six young are born after a gestation of 65 to 70 days. That doesn't take long. And like, unlike all the other uh, canines, they can breed all year. And females have been shown to produce litters uh, at 238-day intervals in captivity. Whereas male bush dogs become sexually mature after one year, females can become sexually mature as soon as 10 months after birth. So they produce, reproduce quite 
uh, more efficiently than most other canines. Ecologists note that despite its extensive geographic range, the bushdog population is in decline because of its increasing rate of habitat loss. If you, I've talked about species before, habitat loss, nothing new. It's unfortunately a broken record when it comes to why animals are dying. We humans are killing all of them off and uh, fragmentation, namely from the conversion of natural areas to urban and agricultural land uses, decline in the bushdog's prey population due to illegal poaching and to predation by domestic dogs and increased exposure to diseases transmitted by such dogs. So all that we're killing off its prey, taking its habitat and our pet dogs are, you know, they'll fight it because it makes sense. They'd be very territorial against another dog species. The bush dog has short legs, long hair, and grows to a shoulder height of about 30 centimeters. That's 12 inches. Not very tall. It's like a foot tall. It is uh, 58 to 75 centimeters long. That's about 22 to 30 inches and exclusive of its um, 13 to 15 centimeter. That's five to six inch tail. It weighs about 5 to 7 kilograms. That's about 11 to 15 pounds. This is a tiny little guy. It's even smaller than some Tasmanian devils. And is brown with reddish or whitish forequarters and dark hindquarters and tail. Bush dogs hunt in packs and feed largely on rodents, though they appear to seek out uh, agouti and armadillos in some parts of their range. So these things are tiny, 11 to 15 pounds tiny my dog is 15 pounds and he's a little underweight right now we're working on that getting him back up the bush dog looks like no other dog but what really sets it apart is its hunting ability these things are amazing i said earlier that they have webbed feet well that makes them strong swimmers and means they're well adapted to a semi-aquatic lifestyle bush dogs are carnivorous and will hunt together as a pack to bring down large rodents such as agouti capybara and even rhea um, if you don't know what a rhea is, I didn't either. I googled all these things. A rhea is like a smaller ostrich that comes up to like your midsection. The capybara is like a the world's largest rodent. Um, typically, <laughs> I did see one in in in, uh, in person. I saw one at a county fair. That thing was way overfed. It was like the size of a pig. But capybaras are pretty big. They're like the size of a large dog almost like a lab. Sometimes they get even bitter, bigger. And the agouti is like a smaller rodent that runs around in the forests of South America. They live, the bush dogs live and hunt in family groups of up to 12 animals. So, you know, 12 little 15 pound dogs running around. They communicate via squeaks and yelps. And the bush dog hunts in water, a very rare trait amongst land predators. They chase their, now I shouldn't, I should say it's rare. You have seen you will see predators that, that that will capture prey in water. However, they typically, that's not their main thing. There are some leopards in South America that they prefer not to hunt in water, but they'll jump in. These bush dogs, they purposefully like chase their prey into large pools. That's where they are the most, um, they get, have the most, what's the word? Uh, advantage over their prey. They intentionally push them into... So they chase their prey into deep pools of water and are able to dive underwater, staying submerged for up to 30 seconds. Most land predators don't want to go underwater at all. Uh, my dog <laughs> hates it, and I've never seen him be completely submerged. These things go under there for 30 seconds. Doesn't sound like a lot, but that's plenty of time. They confuse their prey under the water. With their web feet, they're able to outswim them, outmaneuver 
while the prey usually is never fully submerged or if it is it's usually for just a couple seconds these things are like running circles around them underneath the water um they are water specialists like i said typically one bush dog will make the final kill all of them will chase it into the pool then one goes in that's usually the alpha male alpha female goes in makes the kill shares it with the rest of them this style of hunting is very unique um it's something not unique to all mammals because right whales killer whales dolphins they are mammals and they hunt in water like that and using the pack uh, but I would, like i'm saying land predators it is it is uh, pretty rare have some images on the blog give you an idea how big a rhea is and how big a capybara is also have some on the uh, blog here that give, show you the uh, canadae family how it shows up in the uh, hierarchy of classifications you have domain that's the um you know all organisms whose cells uh have nucleus and hold on let me make this bigger so i can actually see it i'm so sorry okay i i'm always fascinated by the animal kingdoms and and uh, the hierarchy of bi biological classification you have the the domain that's basically it's multi or multicellular you have the kingdom animal kingdom that's all animals you have the phylum all anim animals that have a backbone definitely dogs have backbones but um like things like shrimp they don't have backbones so that's a different phylum then you have the class that's mammals that's this now we're getting to more um things that you're able to that you're more common with the phylums is you know uh, those uh multicellular organisms they're a little bit more rare then we have like i said the class is mammals anything that produces milk to feed their young that's you know anything from mice to lions definitely includes the dog and the bush dog we're talking about the order is uh carnivora all animals that feed on uh flesh only um so there you go that's the carnivores and then we have the family canidae so that's the family that the bush dog lives in and that's all dogs and dog-like animals um so there you go now uh, after that the bush dog gets quite specific that's the genus um uh, canis and the species canis lupus that would be like the domestic dog um whereas our bush dog would be a different species altogether I do have some images from some bush dogs in captivity. These things are, it's so weird. They look almost like a Pokemon. <laughs> they look both adorable. You want to hug them, but their eyes are almost completely black. When they yawn, their eyes roll back and they turn into like, like completely white. It's They're terrifying and adorable at the same time. And because of their size, you feel like you could pick them up. Nah, these, these are, <laughs> these are wild species. They will rip your hand off. <laughs> they're so cool. I, I think they're neat. Look up a picture of the bush dog. Some other cool facts that I learned from the Woburn Safari Park website. Sorry, that Safari Park is in the UK. So if you're listening to this, <laughs> like most of my listeners in America, a little bit far to go see a, a bush dog, but I'm sure you can Google the closest one in captivity to you. Fun facts, only the alpha pair, that's the alpha male and alpha female will mate. How's that work? That's pretty rare. Most canines, most wolves, you know, a lot of people will mate, a lot of different members of the pack will mate, but the alpha female actually weaponizes her hormones to prevent the other females from becoming pregnant. I thought that was really cool. And they smell like vinegar. Local people call them uh, cachorro vinagra, um, vinagra, yeah, which means vinegar dog. So. If you're in the jungles of South America, you get a very, very, it's a very strong, pungent smell of vinegar. Uh, look, look around for these adorable little ferocious things. <laughs> it might be, they might bite your ankle, <laughs> the bush dog. But like I said, they're elusive and they'll probably, they'll know you're coming before you do. You know, they are coming. 
Um, the classification of the bush dog here, Animalia, Chloridata, Phylum, Class Mammalia, they're mammals, Order, Carnivora, they're carnivores, Family Canidae, like we said, the genus for these is Speothos, and the species is Ven Venaticus. So a um, little bit different than the modern dog. Hope you liked this um, episode, Who to Thunkers. A little bit different. I don't usually pick a species. There wasn't much to go on, so I had to talk about some other species, make the recommendation segment a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, I found these things very interesting. I also found that a lot of topics that I find interesting would make a good episode. Dozens of other uh, podcasts that I like already do it. Like, um, uh, what's that one? Oh, I can't think of it. Dan Cummins episode. The uh... Oh my gosh. Time suck. I love time suck. I've literally done a topic, and then two weeks later, time suck does the same topic, but it's like three hours long and a, and a team of researchers. So that's why I do try to pick weird topics that podcasts like that wouldn't do because you can't do three hours on a on a species the bush dog. But I can with my you know 10, 20, 25 minute long podcast. Sure, makes sense. So I try to s switch it up, you know. Um, and I yeah, hope you enjoyed. Thanks for listening, Who to Thunkers. Until next time.